What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Struggle to Strength podcast, your source for real-life application on how to turn your struggles into strengths in all things mind, muscle, and money. Well, let's get right into it then. Let's get right into it then, bud. This is going to be we, a quicker uh, one today. Yeah, it's going to be a little quick episode, and but I think it's timely, to be honest, dude. Uh, you know, there's there's been a lot of change that's been happening, not only in like the world, but in the health and fitness industry specifically over the past few years, um, and it's starting to like really carry some momentum. And so I think this is important to talk about because as coaches, this is like the direction that we're heading in. Um, you know, we had the vision to see that this is where the industry was headed, and um, it's it's to solve a problem it's to solve a problem with the industry. And I think you, you alluded to this as well. Like you, you understood that the approach that we take is different. It's health first, it's health focused. It's very holistic. And that wasn't always the case. Yeah. I think it'd be good to set the stage. Like what, what used to, how did the fitness industry used to be? And like, how is it different today? I think that, yeah, that's a great way to start. So the the way that the fitness industry used to be was, <laughs> I hate to say it's kind of the way the doctors are, like, here's the problem, here's the solution. It's like very cut and dry, but it was like, oh, you're overweight, do this. Right. And it was like Atkins diet. It was Jenny Craig. It was move more and eat less. You're overweight, lose weight. Yeah. Or you die. Yeah. It was, but, but the only parameters for how to make that happen was move more and eat less. Right. And the scale so you and the scale. Exactly. And the scale and like BMI, which it, we know is complete bullshit metric at this point, but that's exactly what it was is you're overweight, move more and eat less. Meanwhile, that person might only be eating 1400 calories a day. Right. And you would get, you know, either doctor prescribed or personal trainer prescribed or coach who back in the day, we didn't really know enough about all this stuff. So we were like, you're overweight. You must be not moving a lot and you must be eating too much. So move more and eat less. Yeah. And for a lot of people that worked for a short period of time, uh, for a lot of people, it didn't work. And they were told that they were screwing up or something was wrong with them because they weren't, they, they really just, they just weren't in a calorie deficit their bodies were overly stressed, but now we're no, we're learning that like that is one strategy to move more and eat less is one strategy. Yeah. So there's not necessarily anything inherently wrong with that, right? Like that might work for some, no. that might work for some people. It might be that simple for somebody. It's, it's not. And, and to be honest, when, when your body is in a position where it is, it has the luxury of losing weight and losing fat, uh, specifically fat, when we talk about losing weight, we want it to be from fat. We don't want to lose muscle. We don't right. want to lose water. We like, oh, sometimes we do. But yeah, that works. That creates a calorie deficit. But if that is not creating a calorie deficit and you're not losing weight or you have some sort of weight loss resistance, whether it's metabolic, hormonal, or what have you, we need to dig a little bit deeper. So right now, yeah, if I moved more and ate less, I'd lose weight for sure. Because right. my body is in a conducive position to do so. But if I was only eating 1400 calories a day, my body doesn't know where its food is coming from. It thinks it's starving. It's overly stressed. It's probably has some, a lot of metabolic and hormonal downregulation occurring. My thyroid's probably very low. And 
it would be hard for me to enter into a calorie deficit. So now that we're learning more about internal health and how it affects our physique and performance goals, we're learning that more isn't better. More movement isn't always better. More calories isn't always better. Less isn't always better either. Moving less, eating less, less isn't always better. We need to figure out what better is for every individual person because it's all different. And there's a lot of different strategies to reach your health and fitness goals. There's a lot of different strategies to build muscle, burn fat, improve performance, get strong. But all of them work some of the time. Right. And what we want to do is figure out why they work some of the time and how to make them work more often or be able to identify which strategies work best for you in this given situation. Right. It's like there's there's been a lot of talk about, you know, keto, vegetarian, vegan, carnivore, all these different diets. But at the end of the day, what you're not taking into consideration is that some people are allergic to some foods and they're not allergic to others. And that doesn't necessarily mean that those foods are even unhealthy. You could be allergic to chicken and broccoli or whatever. There's just certain mm -hmm. things that for, for your body, it's not going to do well. It's going to cause inflammation. And so the idea of saying like, oh, well, if you cut out meat, if you go vegan, like you'll lose weight or you'll be healthier, like maybe, or maybe not. Um, and so it seems like what, what you're saying is that's what we're finding with everything in the health fitness industry. Everybody's body's different. There's no like blanket statement. Um, so it's, you know, you have to figure out what, what works for you. And, um, there's also been a lot of talk about like, you know, fit shaming, fat shaming, body positivity. Um, and you know, there's kind of like the camp of people that say, you know, um, like whatever, you know, whatever your body is, is what it is and you should be happy with it. And then there's other people saying, well, obesity is like the number one precursor for, you know, all kinds of different like health issues. Um, and, you know, again, it's something where it's like, well, it's a little bit more complicated than that. Um, just a quick, a quick story from one of our previous guests that we had on the podcast that he, that he told us he was, when he was in his like earlier mid twenties, he was a male model, um, like kind of like a fitness model, um, and like an entrepreneur and, you know, going really hard. And he looked on the outside, what you'd be like, damn, that guy's healthy as hell. You know, he's, he's, he's thin, muscular, shredded. Um, but he ended up in the hospital, um, with basically having like a low level stroke in his early twenties as someone who's like super jacked. So, you know, I think one of the, one of the, the points that you have to consider is it's not as simple as like obesity is bad. Obviously obesity is not good, but it's not as simple as like what your number is on the scale or what you look like being that precursor for, for health. Because if it was, then this guy would have been super healthy and he wouldn't have been dying of a stroke. So I think that's like, it seems like what you're saying is that's really where the, the fitness industry is going these days is that we're learning that and how to deal with that. Mm -hmm. We're learning that we're learning how to deal with that. And we're learning to combat the growing desire to be really, really fit mm -hmm. with our growing desire and the growing need to be really, really healthy for so long. We've just had magazine models and like Instagram has made this so easily accessible for just like super jacked shredded people to have a persona. 
And for a lot of people, especially as we're growing up, we're getting interested in fitness to see that and be like, I want to look like that. Like that guy is shredded all year round. I want to look like that. He must get so many girls. He's probably so successful. And like the story you just told with, with our previous guest, like that guy might not be very healthy. That guy, honestly, or happy. That, or happy, or that guy might not have, that guy might not be able to get a boner right now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, like can't like, even enjoy the six pack. <laughs> yeah. Can't even enjoy a six pack. Like he looks like the epitome of sex, but he can't get it up because his internal health is so fucked. That's no way to live. But if we prioritize health, then all of these other things just kind of fall into place. Right. So when we talked earlier about like some strategies work some of the time, you know, sometimes there's a lot of different strategies to get you to your health and fitness goal. And some work some of the time, the, the main indicator of whether or not a strategy that you find will work for your health and fitness. This applies to all strategies. The main indicator of whether or not it'll work comes down to your health. So if you are eating 1400 calories a day, you're overweight, you're overstressed, you're metabolically downregulated, you're hormonally downregulated, you have low testosterone, high cortisol, you are not healthy. You entering into a calorie deficit is probably just going to make that worse. Mm -hmm. You might lose a little bit of weight. You might lose a little bit of weight on the front end, but then what? Now you're eating a thousand calories a day. You're still very metabolically downregulated, even more so than you were before. You're even more hormonally downregulated. You probably have very low levels of energy, happiness, and, and uh, libido. Like this is no way to live your life. But if we put health first and we start to identify the areas that we can improve upon, if we assess what's working and what's not, we identify what needs to be improved upon. Well, you need to be eating more if you're eating 1400 calories a day. We likely need some lifestyle modification to help you improve your sleep, your digestion, your energy levels, your stress management. And we slowly increase your calorie consumption until you become healthier. Your body has more resources to be able to dedicate towards fixing the things that it's been struggling to fix because it's like you not having any money. Yeah. If you only made $1,400 a month, you'd probably be a pretty, it's, it'd be pretty hard. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why I, I, I relate like the, the two examples I relate everything to are like fitness and money. Like I feel like Same. fitness and money for they, they relate to each other. There's such great, like, um, whatever the word is, you know, examples of each other. Um, and they also just relate to everything else. And I think like a perfect example of this is, um, you know, is like happiness and wealth. Everybody like the, you know, it's a, it's a common topic now that we know that like money doesn't buy happiness. You know, everybody says that. Um, but a lot of people think like that, you know, if they get wealthy, they're going to be happy, but it's like not that simple, you know? And, um, and it's like, you know, you're, so you're already, you know, not eating a lot and, and it's like, you know, you could eat less and maybe you'll lose a few pounds, but are you really going to be healthy? Like if you're making money and you're miserable, like, sure, you could make that next like million dollars, but is it really going to make you happy? You know, there's, there's underlying things going on that you need to address. Yeah. And that, that's a, that's a perfect example where, dude, if, if you're not happy right now, you're not going to be happy 10 pounds lighter or 10 pounds heavier. Yeah. 
You know, I, I've chased that rabbit. I remember being 155 pounds soaking wet and like just wanting to be bigger. And now did I have more confidence? Yeah. But I also developed an eating disorder and a horrible relationship with exercise and I didn't love it. And I always felt uh, like I wasn't big enough and body dysmorphia starts to kick in. So if you don't start fixing things from the inside out, like you're not health happy now, you're not going to be happy 10 pounds from now. What will make you happy is feeling better, not looking better. So feeling better. And that means in a lot of t- in a lot of cases, putting health first feeding the body enough calories, giving it enough resources to accomplish the tasks that it needs to accomplish with a little bit of extra spending money on the side if you wanted to build some muscle or lose some fat or whatever it may be. Putting new lifestyle habits and routines into place to help you sleep better. Fixing your digestion because, man, serotonin is produced in the gut. If your digestion is off, I've experienced this myself, you're probably going to be an anxious, upset mess. But if we fix that, now your body has resources. It has serotonin. That, that shit is amazing. You tell me a way I can get more serotonin yeah. right now. I'll take you up on it. I love serotonin. <laughs> I love serotonin. Uh, I recently learned, Alexa told me this, that every time a dog like licks their lips, it like releases serotonin. Oh, really? And I was like, dude, I was like, give me that shit. I, yeah. would, I would be licking my lips like yep. a motherfucker. Like, yep. <laughs> yep. 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 <laughs> give me that serotonin, right? I developed serotonin syndrome, shit. But- And so actually that's another perfect example of like more is not better. More serotonin is better. Like you can develop serotonin syndrome. So if you take five HTP every night, be careful. Yeah. But that's, that's, what's going to create happiness. Same thing with wealth is the same thing with health. Your happiness should come first. Yeah. And there's points where just like in your health and your wealth, if you're not making enough money, if you're not consuming enough calories, it's going to be hard to feel happy. It's going to be hard because your root problem is causing you unhappiness. It's causing you distress. Not giving your body enough calories is causing stress and stress gets in the way of happiness. So we need to learn to put health first. So of all the strategies that work, putting health first is the only strategy that will absolutely work 100% of the time. Yeah. We've seen this over and over again, you know, your body will only respond if it's in a conducive enough position, if it's in a healthy enough position to respond. And the only thing that determines that is your internal health. So we put health first, we achieve your results, we get you the transformation, and then we put health last. Because after that fat loss, after that muscle building phase, that's stress on the body. We likely, we're trying to change things physiologically. And because we're trying to change things, and the body hates change. It just wants to stay in its perfectly fine homeostatic environment. As we're trying to change things, some of those internal markers can get thrown off. If you're going to fat loss, you get that metabolic downregulation. You get that hormonal downregulation. You get that thyroid downregulation. We need to fix that on the other side. If you're going into a muscle building phase, sometimes your fasted blood glucose gets too high. Sometimes you have too much stress on the body. Sometimes your sleep starts to go to shit. Sometimes you're eating so much food that your digestion starts to tank. And because of that, you get some other forms of downregulation down the line. So we need to fix that. So health comes first, then you get your transformation and then health comes again. And that's why like at the method, dude, we, we, we created our framework based on what we know works. We assess We figure out what needs to be improved upon and what's already working really well. We prime to get your body into a healthy enough position where it has the luxury of building muscle, burning fat, whatever you want to accomplish. 
And then we transform and we get that crazy result for you. And then on the other side of that, we often have to prime again because transformation isn't always what your body enjoys. Your body enjoys staying the same. Transformation is hard. It is stressful. And so on the other side of your transformation phase, we prime again, we get you healthy again. And these are the phases of your fitness. This is what people have to learn to be comfortable with. It's not just move more and eat less. It's not just about losing weight. It's not just about building muscle. It's about all of these things together. So it's like a, it's like a health sandwich. It's goes health, get yourself like nice and healthy. And then you can focus on, you know, losing weight, building muscle. Um, And then at the end of that, you know, like, let's say you're going to put on, you know, a bunch of muscle at the end of that, then you get back to focusing on the health again, which is making sure, you know, everything is, is going good. And then you can keep going like that, but, but it's health, health first, health last, and all along the way as well. It is the most important variable. It's the most important metric. And that's what we work so hard to help our clients achieve. And that's why we get the clients that we do is like, you people come to us. I just had a call with a girl who has a GI issue. Now I imagine it's a, it's a bacterial overgrowth, but we're going to test in her assessment phase. We're going to test, we're going to figure out exactly what's wrong and we're going to fix it. And by fixing the root cause of the problem, we're going to be able to get her to where she wants to go. Whereas everyone else has just been telling her to move more and eat less. Everyone else has just been telling her to avoid the foods that you're sensitive to, but no one's actually creating a, a program that addresses the root cause of the problem, which is her health. So we optimize that first, we get to a transformation, we continue to optimize it, reassess it all along the way. And, you know, we'd been talking about fat shaming, fit shaming, dieting. We've been talking about getting extreme results, um, body dysmorphia. I think it's important for us to talk about what is health. Yeah. Like what's actually healthy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to, to get into that, into that too, because like, I feel like a big, a big portion of why you really need to just focus on health is because there's so there's, there is a dark side of the fitness industry and there's so many bad influences coming from different directions. You know, there's going to be people who are telling you like, yeah, the number one thing you need to do is lower your body fat percentage, uh, drop the number on the scale and do that by eat more uh, eat less, move more. Um, there's also like major body, you know, body image issues for men and women, um, based off of like Hollywood and magazines. Like you see these guys that are like, especially for, for men, like you see, um, you know, a a guy, a guy in a movie, like the reason he looks like that is because a, he is on steroids. He's on testosterone. Like any Hollywood actor is going to, is, like they're making millions of dollars, you know what I mean? They're going to do whatever they can to like get in the best shape. Um, so if you're not doing that too, then that's something you have to consider. B, they have the best, you know, trainers in the world help helping them get into that shape. C, they have a hundred thousand dollar lighting set up in that scene, making them look insane and makeup and sprayed and everything. They're all oiled up. They like just got like a crazy pump for that one shot you know, you can't expect to like look like that on a random Tuesday when you wake up, no matter who you are, those guys don't look like that. You know what I mean? Nobody looks like that. So, um, and that goes for like men and women. So it's like, you've got all these kind of like negative influences all around you. And, and, and to me, the only thing that really helps with that is like, 
getting educated and, and knowing what to focus on. Like if I focus on my health, if I feel good at least, and I like look, you know, and I'm, and I'm happy with the way I look like that's health. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. so yeah, and- I think that's, that's just a, yeah, that's a crazy thing that we deal with today. And, uh, it, it is. And you got to also take into consideration, like these people have like these actors that you're talking about, they got a lot of money, like they're spending they, their livelihood depends on them being able to fit into roles and make money from those roles. And so they're investing in themselves because they have a return that they can directly tie back to that investment. And so they have personal chefs and personal coaches and trainers and, you know, all sorts of assistance to help them achieve their goals. And that's great. Not everybody has that luxury. But the other thing that that I wanted to touch on because you mentioned it is that's not how they are every day. Yeah. That's not how they look every day. Check out Channing Tatum's like pictures when he's on vacation. He's looking, he's looking thick and happy. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's looking thicker and happier. And you know what? Like, dude, having a six pack isn't all, isn't all it's jacked up to be pizza tastes way better. Yeah. I'll tell you right now, right now, pizza. And I'm a naturally lean human being. And I'll tell you, pizza tastes way better. Pizza also fucks up my digestion. So I can't always have it. So like that sucks. And I can't ignore that because I want to be healthy because I want to achieve my health and fitness goals. And I think the hardest part about all of this, the hardest part about putting health first is that it's not what we want. Like you come to me or you come to go to your coach and you want to get jacked, build a ton of muscle, or you've been trying to lose weight for so long. Some people for 10, 20, 30 years or more been trying to just lose this stubborn weight. And everyone's just been telling them to move more and eat less. It's not that hard. Oh, try keto, try Atkins, try calorie cycling, carb cycling, all these different diets that probably don't really fit your lifestyle very well. Because personally, I love carbs. I love carbs every day, all the time. And I wouldn't be able to make that work. It wouldn't be sustainable. And if it's not sustainable to me, it's not successful. So the hardest part is when someone who's been trying to achieve these goals on their own or by following these different diets or strategies or coaches, they've been doing that for so long. And then they come to us and they've been so dysregulated that, look, I want to help you lose weight. I want to help you get jacked. And I've been in this situation before. You're going to have to be patient because right now, if you come to like some of these people who are coming to me, we've got at least four to six months of fixing your gut. That sucks. That means four to six months more of not focusing on what you want, which is weight loss or fat loss or muscle building. And on top of that, maybe we have hormonal issues. Maybe we're hormonally dysregulated. Maybe you have low testosterone. Maybe you're estrogen dominant, which is super, super common. The amount of women that I'm seeing who are estrogen dominant is it's rattling to be honest. And that causes weight loss resistance. So you come to me and you've been trying to lose weight for a really long time, but you have a bacterial overgrowth in your gut. You have maybe H pylori and maybe you're estrogen dominant and your metabolism is dysregulated and downregulated because you've been eating 1500 calories a day, man, you're in for a journey and I'm here for you every step of the way. I know how hard this is. You want something so bad and you can't have it yet. Could we get you to lose five pounds? Sure. Are you going to be happy? No happier than you are now, but we have to fix you. We have to get you healthy. And that takes a long time. Sometimes 
man, six to 12 months. I've got friends who are coaches who have been on their health journey to fix their hormones for over a year, coming up on two years, some of them. That's two years of not being able to do the thing that you wanted to do so badly, lose weight, get in shape. But it has to happen. Yeah. And that sucks. So you have to want what you want most more than what you want right now. And if they, it's been two years of that, but if they could hop in a time machine and go three, you know, three more years into the future, they're probably going to be where they want to be. And it's going to be totally sustainable. So yeah, they're going to be happy. They're going to be healthy. They're going to be hormonally healthy. Some of these women, like they, like they can't have children because of their hormone dysregulation. Like we men too, like we, we want to be able to fix those things. Life isn't about looking a certain way. That's part of it. If it helps you feel confident, sure. But it's about feeling a certain way. And if you constantly chase the looks over and over and over again, which is what's gotten us into this predicament of people trying to lose weight by moving more and eating less and doing more and working out every day and no days off and you know eating super low calorie and restricting carbohydrates and restricting, 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 restricting. That's what's gotten us into this position because you're constantly trying to change the way you look, not the way you feel and not the way you are internally. So we have to put health first. Your body is a machine. Physiologically, there are processes that have to occur in order for these things to happen. And if your body is not in a position to be able to make those things happen, then they're not going to happen. If you have a digestive issue, food's going right through you. You don't have good nutrient partitioning. You're insulin resistant. Things are just not working properly. That would be like trying to drive your car with a hole in the gas tank. Yeah. You're not going to get far. So we need to stop. Like, I know how hard this is, like, especially with the body dysmorphia and Instagram and Facebook and like, like going on vacations and wanting to look and feel a certain way and wanting confidence. I understand that. And it's really hard to not put that right now, but you got to put aside what you want right now for what you want most. And I've been there. I've been in a position where I, dude, I just want to grow. I just want to get big. Like, please coach, like put me in coach, but I've got shit that I had to fix. And it sucks. And it sucks when that drags on for a really long time, but patience is the, is the hardest, but the most important muscle that you can learn how to flex. And that's what this takes is this takes patience because if you lose your 10 pounds, if you gain your 10 pounds, if you reach your goal in three months and then a few months down the line, it all goes to shit. You're right back to where you started because you didn't put health first. That sucks too. Yeah. And that makes you feel like a failure. Yeah. And speaking of like looking and feeling and, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of this stuff, like what we're, what we're saying is that health and happiness are like the two most important things. Um, you know, some people are just dealt a, dealt a certain hand and, you know, the way that they look and the best thing for anybody is to just be healthy and happy over any other, you know, marker. And generally if you're healthy and happy, you're going to like look good too and have like a certain confidence and charisma to you. But, um, yeah. Speaking of like, you know, um, there's, there's kind of like a mental game that goes along with it too. I feel like, and you, you, I've been, I've been, I've been curious to ask you this question actually. Um, because, you know, speaking of the, you know, actors, people who go through these crazy body transformations to, you know, get super ripped for a role. Um, that's what bodybuilders do too. You, you know, you and your friends are all like bodybuilders, you know, compete. So you, you know what it's like to look like, 
you know, that Wolverine movie scene where he's like, like all <laughs> veiny and exploding. I've taken photos yeah. of you where you look in, literally <laughs> insane um, when you were in bodybuilding prep. And so, um, you know, this is, this is relatable to anyone. So like on that side of the spectrum, you know, you've got like bodybuilding prep where you look like absolutely bonkers. And then on the other side of the spectrum, you've got someone who's maybe a little overweight and lost like 10, 20 pounds doing a diet. Um, but there's a, there's like a mental aspect to it too, that you need to, that you need to kind of like learn how to deal with because, you know, if you do lose like 10, 20 pounds and then it comes back, maybe there's nothing you could even do about it. Like that sucks. Like you said. Um, but I can imagine too, like there's, there's a, there's a mental aspect to learning how to deal with like getting in that bodybuilding prep phase, looking like absolutely shredded and then going back to looking more normal for you. Yeah. Like, is that hard? Is Dude, that, does that like fuck you I'm, up? Like mentally? I'm so glad you asked this because it fucks everybody up mentally. Yeah. Um, you get prep, you get like prep goggles, uh, when you're going into your prep and you think you're not in shape enough because you're looking at all your other competitors and, you know, as humans, our eyes will always go to what we're most self-conscious of, like our problem area, like a zit in the middle of your face. The other day I had a zit like right in the middle of my nose and I felt like fucking Rudolph. Like it was all I noticed. Nobody else knew. Nobody else saw it. My yeah. own girlfriend had no idea, you know, like, but our, we do that with our bodies too. And so if you're constantly like having trouble with your midsection, like that's where your eyes are going to go. It's going to be hard for you to notice other forms of progression. And, you know, as we get into bodybuilding, man, to look like that and to get the reactions from people is interesting. Like sometimes it feels good. And sometimes you're like, God, I wish people would stop looking at me. And like, we're freaks. Like we know that that's the point. Like we're supposed to get into the freakiest shape of our lives completely unsustainably. We do that for one day on a stage and coming out of that when you were just on stage and, you know, or just like, even if you get that lean, you know, Alexa just went through this is going through this herself. Um, you got really, you get really comfortable with being that lean. You get really comfortable with being shredded with being like, for lack of a better term, kind of like a center of attention in a lot of ways. Um, which, which is also kind of a mind fuck, especially for people who don't always like the attention or want the attention. Um, and then all of a sudden it starts to go away and it has to. So you talked about like a guy, somebody who loses 10 pounds and then gains it back. That sucks. That's really hard. That's not supposed to happen outside of a bodybuilding prep outside of a bodybuilding prep. If you stayed stage lean, you, you would I mean, you could die, you yeah. know? Oh yeah. So we get that lean and then coming out of it, we know we have to get a little bit fatter. We know we have to gain some body fat, but adding a little bit of body fat to a super lean physique where your skin is paper thin. Yeah. You don't, it doesn't feel good. It's hard. And that mental battle of, I know this has to happen because I know I need to get healthy versus, but man, I looked really good. And, you know, I got a, I got a lot of attention from girls at the gym or whatever it was. That's hard. Can it be kind of like addicting for people? You think? 
I think it is addicting for a lot of people. And I think that's why a lot of people try to stay that lean is because they like what comes with it. And that's kind of to wrap this all up in like a full circles type of situation is the problem with the industry is that people have personas on the internet where they're lean all the time. They have magazine shoots where they're super lean and they have that like an almost unattainable an unsustainable for sure physique. And it makes people want that. And it makes people want that all the time. And y'all, we can't have that all the time. It's like, nobody has that all the time. Nobody does. Nobody, Nobody who's healthy does nobody who's healthy and happy and enjoys their life does. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's really, really hard to come out of a prep and, uh, the reverse diet, which is the exit strategy to all of our dieting that we've ever done. It's the only way to maintain a level of your results. The reverse diet coming out of a bodybuilding show, you have to gain a little bit of body fat for our clients who just want to get lean. They go through a body, uh, a body, uh, fat loss phase. They don't always have to gain much body fat back. We can be pretty consistent with that. We can actually keep maintain a lot of your progress. And that's why most fat loss phases beyond prior to what we know about health and fitness now didn't work because people would go through fat loss phases, lose their fat, and then go back to what they were doing before. But the habits and the routines that got you to where you were before are also going to get you back to where you were before. Whereas if we reverse diet, we maintain some sort of habits and routines. We can maintain the physique that we built during that fat loss phase. During a bodybuilding prep, bodybuilding reverse diet, we have to gain a little bit of body fat to be healthy. And a lot of times, most people have to gain a little bit of body fat to be healthy. And that can be really challenging. But if you want truly long-term sustainable results, if you want happiness, if you want the confidence then the route to take has to be health first. And so we have to shift our mindset coming out of a bodybuilding prep. What I ended up focusing on was my strength. I'm not focusing on my body anymore. I'm trying really hard not to because I'm going to get discouraged because I'm not going to be lean and shredded and jacked and have veins going from my ankles to my forehead. Yeah. But I'm going to feel better. I'm going to feel stronger. I'm going to have my libido back. I'm going to have more energy for my friends, my family, and my relationships. And so that's what I'm focusing on. So when we're going through these health phases, when we're priming in our, as we do in the method, we focus on things other than just the aesthetic appearance. You know, we focus on wins that we get from improving digestion, improved mental health, improved strength, improved performance, improved relationships, improved libido, like all of these things are wins. And so we need to take the goggles off of the health and fitness industry and the goggles tend to focus just on the fitness part, like the way we look and we just like open them up a little bit, get some peripheral vision and start thinking of things more holistically. How am I feeling? How is my libido? How is my digestion? How is my sleep? How's my energy levels throughout the day? How's my mood? How's my happiness? How's my stress? All of these things They come together to form health and fitness. And if we take all of these things into consideration and we aim to improve all of these things through assessment of biofeedback, lab work, the whole nine, cool byproduct is that your fitness improves a lot along with it. You get stronger, you look better, you feel better. Yeah. But we, we can't like, you know, when you go to a doctor and something hurts and you're like, it hurts here. 
but that's not where the problem is. Right. Like if you go to a chiropractor or a physical therapist, you're like, oh, my elbow hurts. Like maybe I have tennis elbow. The problem's not where it hurts. The problem is everything around it that connects to it. And the same thing goes for your health and fitness. If your problem is that you're not in shape, stop focusing on not being in shape and start focusing on all of the reasons that you might not be in shape. And that takes a holistic approach. And that's what we need. Yeah. Um, I think this is a quote. We can, we're going to, I think we're going to, we can wrap things up now. I think this is a quote from, um, from somebody, somebody in the military, or it might be like an actual quote from like the Marines or something like that. Um, which, which you definitely know, which is slow is smooth and smooth is fast. And I think that that just really applies to, to everything. It's like, if you want something quick, man, careful what you wish for. Cause like, even if it, like, if you, you know, if you want to take the, the really, the, the, the fast, the fastest route, like if it doesn't fuck with your physical health, it's probably going to fuck with your mental health because things fluctuate. You're not going to be able to stay that way forever. And when it starts to wean off, like you said, I mean, it's, it's hard. It's definitely a hard thing for people mentally, but if you learned how to do it the right way and you did it under proper supervision with good coaches and, um, and you like, yeah, you did it the, the smooth way you're, you're going to be much more mentally prepared for the different changes that happen in your body naturally. And you're going to be able to, um, you know, deal with that stuff better. So I think that mm -hmm. that's just, yeah, that's a good way thinking about stuff. And, you know, it's, it's definitely hard for people. A lot of people, this probably is just going to go right over their heads because at their core, they're somebody who just wants a quick and easy answer to something. And you know what? Don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because if you want it quick and easy. We're probably not for you because yeah. <laughs> it will come shattering back down. <laughs> it's just like growth in business. If you have exponential growth in your business, like eventually every peak has a valley. Yep. And you have to be okay with that. I will take slow, steady growth every day yeah. over sharp, aggressive, exponential growth that like will freak me out and I won't be able to handle and so many things will break and it'll come crashing down. Yeah. And you don't want things breaking and crashing when it comes to like your health. No. You want to be healthy and happy. <laughs> we want to be unbroken, uncrashed, yeah. happy and healthy. Yeah. That's, the, that's the goal. For sure. I think we should do um, another episode on some like tangible, you know, steps that people like, what are like the top five things that mean you're like happy and healthy. And then like, how can, you know, some, some hacks, like how can you, how can you get into it? We should do a good like, follow-up yeah. episode on this. I would love that a little quick teaser is well, one hire a good coach that has a good, that has a good framework. Like we assess prime transform because that's the way that health and fitness works, but we could dive into things to pay attention to to make sure that you are improving your health and your happiness, which as a quick precursor, it will look like sleep, hunger, recovery, energy, digestion, and stress. And if you continue to moderate or, or manage and improve upon those things, we'll dive into a big, a good episode on like how to track them and how to improve them when they might go wrong, what to improve, what to do when they go wrong. Cause the better that you guys can learn how to assess prime and transform on your own. And that's what we aim to do in the method is like teach you guys the framework so that you can learn for you how to assess prime and transform for you. The better you can do that, the more you pay attention to it, the more awareness you have around it, the better you're going to be. And that's what all this comes down to is awareness. The more we can become aware of things, the better we can actually approach them and like fix them. hundred percent. 
Yeah. So I would love that. Let's do that episode next for sure. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope this was helpful. I hope this shed some light on like what we see uh, the industry doing, where it's been, where it's going and, and kind of give you guys some insight into why strategies like ours work so well. Um, and I hope this kind of like gave you a few light bulbs of things that you can improve upon in your own life. So to, to everyone who's still listening, listening now to everybody who's tuned in, uh, we appreciate you. So thank you all for tuning into another episode of the Struggle to Strength podcast, and we will see y'all next week.